We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode number 149, and we are joined by another great friend of the podcast from Channel 19 News here in Cleveland. It's Bailey Burmaster. Bailey's going to come on and talk about the Browns, the new defensive coordinator, the NFL playoffs, and even a little celebrity crush talk. Plus, we're going to get into talk about more of the NFL playoffs, about Ohio State's quarterback situation, and so much more. So coming up the driveway, unfold your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night here on the OBR, and you know what that means. It's time for Garage Beers Live, episode one, I almost forgot what episode it was. 149 of the Garage Beers podcast, and we've got a great, great show for you tonight. Uh, really looking forward to it. We got some Browns news to cover. We've got some some Cavaliers talk. We got some some Ohio State news. We got all kinds of stuff to go over here, uh, even in a time where it's kind of maybe some things are are, are are fading out. Some Cleveland sports topics are are going away. There's still a lot to talk about. We've got a an amazing special guest, a friend of the podcast that we're going to do it with. Uh, but before we get to her, we are going to introduce ourselves. First of all, uh, you are watching us here on the OBR streaming network. The OBR is the best place to get Browns coverage all through the offseason. The stuff that we've got planned with the OBR for the Browns offseason is crazy. We're still going to be streaming all week. If you caught the live stream at seven o'clock of uh, the breaking news of the Browns defensive coordinator hire and all that, you want to go back and watch that. Uh, but the OBR is going to be a great place for you to get Browns coverage, whether it's uh, from the numbers side of the analytics side, from all of that, uh, the OBR has got you covered. So make sure you are subscribed to the Twitch and the YouTube, or make sure you are subscribed to the website as well. Also make sure you are following the garage beers podcast and all the socials at the garage beers on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Again, we're adults, adult men that do TikTok, which is super fun. Uh, so we got that going on for us. Uh, make sure you are following everywhere with the Garage Beers as we as we just announced. We do fun things online. We announce special guests and do all kinds of fun stuff. So anyways, joining you, uh, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me, my co-host over on the east side of Cleveland. He's out in the garage tonight. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Oh, hey there. Uh, I, oh, hey, I come bearing some bad news. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Um, this is going to be my last pod. Oh, uh, my God. Here we go. Here we freaking go. What are you talking about? No, what? What now? No, I, I bought a one way ticket to Bali. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm just. <laughs> All right, I'm Cliff. Taking, I'm, t- I'm taking a break. Okay. Uh, I just, just piss off to you and my other job. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm just, I'm doing what I want. <laughs> mean, first of all, what do you mean? I don't you know mean, when I'll be back, Mike. 
I don't know when I'll be back. First okay. of all, by your other job, you just mean your job, right? Oh. Like, what? this is not your job, my friend. Oh, did, I, <laughs> did I mention I'm taking a smoking hot supermodel with me? There are no paychecks here. Jeff. There's a, no paychecks. I'm taking a smoking hot supermodel with me, too, by the way. Don't no, worry. Don't, don't worry. worry. The wife knows about it. But I've been working out a lot lately, and I'm pretty much out of her league. <laughs> so, Mate, the only workouts you're getting in are lifting about 12 fluid ounces to your mouth and back down to the table. <laughs> oh, Come on, dude. That's great. That is great. Uh, I'm just trying to live my best Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. You know, it's never cool. I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the sports and these guys are millionaires and whatever, but eh, the guy lost his job. It's not great. It's not great. You don't want people to lose their jobs. And and even here in Cleveland, we watch the guy guy lose. I know, but here in Cleveland, we watch the guy lose his job that a lot of people wanted to lose his job, ourselves included, but you don't celebrate. But what Cliff Kingsbury did was just, I mean, chef's kiss yeah i'm buying a one-way ticket to thailand and screw everybody else i'm yeah. out of here piss off like i'm I gonna fuck it. off to thailand for i don't know how long i might be back in a year i might be back in two years i love Who it knows? i just got 30 million guaranteed for getting fired bye uh, I, yeah the browns are so good at doing that it's nice to see other teams <laughs> do it it's great yeah. uh I will apologize up front. It, I'm sure it sounds like I'm in like an echo chamber. Where the hell are you? Uh, it's, and there's nothing I can do about it. I am in Hamilton, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. And we're in this. It's a really cool hotel. It's got like a brewery in it, but it used to be an old paper mill. So everything is cement. There's like uh, nothing, there's like a little tiny carpet over here. You look more like you're in a prison cell. That's what it feels like. So uh, coming to you from my prison cell here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uh, nice. Sorry about the echoes, but I'll, I'll do my best to just talk right here and as quiet nice. as I can nice or maybe i won't do that all right so again great episode coming up a lot of fun cleveland stuff to talk to uh and we're gonna bring our special guest in right now uh because uh again friend of the show uh she's very fun and and i think we're gonna talk last time we had around we talked pretty much exclusively brown stuff but she is a sports anchor for 19 action news here in cleveland so she talks more than just browns and so we may have to have her talk a little bit more about maybe some cavalier stuff we got guardian stuff coming up uh so we're gonna have a great time we're gonna bring her in right now it's bailey burmaster bailey what's going on how are y'all i'm so glad to be back i'm uh actually flattered you'd ask me back after last time and i'm pretty sure i went on like 50 random rants i remember i went on the obj rant about how you can just get your dad fired and you can land on a Super Bowl team and things are great. And, and now I can rant about clowny. So I'm really excited to just get into it because I'm feeling a little feisty today, too. Yes. Well, listen, listen I'm fairly certain you feisty, speaking of feisty, you also tried to take over the show last time. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I don't remember this. Did I? <laughs> Yeah, you were like, oh, it's it's my show now. Look, look, look at me. Look at me. Uh, uh, lady. This is, uh, this is my team. I'm the captain yeah. now. I am fairly, I got to go back and listen to that show because I'm pretty sure you straight up insulted me. And, what? I mean, and I was here for like it. Me. That sounds like me. I just don't, I have really bad memory. I move on pretty quickly. The problem is whether you ask my co-host, which again, Joey's not here tonight. So again, if you're watching and you don't see Joey, Joey had his bachelor party in Vegas last weekend and he got home at 3.30 in the morning uh, last night. And so Joe texted us saying, he goes, guys, I think I'm out. And I was like, yeah, it's understandable. Understandable. I'm going to Vegas for my 30th coming up in about two months. Um, so, you know, I, I can't say I blame him. I, we, we won't, won't ask you to be on that show right after. I, you could. I might be 
doing it from my toilet, but uh, you <laughs> know, awesome. each their own. Listen, hey, can you come back on after that? That'd be awesome content. I, I'm, I'm not going to look like this. So if everyone's <laughs> cool with that and they're cool with me doing it from my toilet while I hurl in between comments, hey, I'll do it. I, I love, I love that. That hasn't happened here before. I'm a very big like puke and rally girl. Like rally girl. Like, <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go. Party time. <laughs> This girl knows how to party. Uh, the good I, news for you is, even though you may have insulted me, if you were to take a poll of all the hosts of this show and the viewers of this show or the listeners of the show, and they had to vote on which of us they wanted you to insult, it would be me by a landslide. So you I, nailed it. You got brownie points with everybody. You know, my mother's going to watch us at some point. She's going to be like... Bailey, you just don't come across as likable and capable, and you're insulting these men. And mom. I just, you know, I have to tell my mom, you know, I have a way of triggering insecurities in men, okay, and I feel like I should just harness that superpower. Why should I let it go to waste? Right? I, just, I do love how he said. I think you straight up insulted me, and you were like, "Yeah, I probably did." Yeah, it was great. Listen, I'm a, listen. If I'm one thing, I'm self-aware at least, okay? We're not perfect, but we're self-aware. And listen, Mama Burmaster, we've had her on for a second time now, so we're cool with it. We're cool with it. Uh, So before we get started, though, I got to ask, you know, you heard the Cliff Kingsbury talk, Bailey. Okay, you know, I I was about I was like kind of mad. I was like, can I buzz myself in here? Like, can I take over? Can I take over now? I don't (laughs) know if you guys know this, but I started my career in Lubbock, Texas, covering Cliff Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes. And the rumors that go around about Cliff's dating life because everyone was so interested in it they're like you know the ryan gosling this college coach and everyone's so interested i when i heard like he one-way ticket to bali and it was like leave me alone no one talked to me i'm not interested i was like you know what good for you cliff (laughs) i was like good for you i mean he's making million what i hate is he's genuinely a really nice guy and i I tell this story a lot because it was just like, it was always very telling when he would do media um, where Texas tech, how is it, how it's said is there's a, uh, like a cir- it's like a circular room podiums in the front, but at the back of the wall at the top, there's a clock. So usually like 20 minutes was his cutoff and the entire time he doesn't make eye contact with anyone. He just looks at the clock. Someone will ask a question. He'll look, he'll answer. And then he goes back to looking at the clock. So I went to Tyler, Texas to cover Patrick Mahomes' draft party. Not a big deal. It was, it was an awesome time. It was great. (laughs) Um, And he goes to the chiefs and, you know, I, you hate to bother people in that moment because not only is Mahomes great, but he's going to a great situation. So, you know, I kind of tap Cliff and I'm like, Hey, could we grab you for just one or two bites for TV to talk about, you know, him going to the chiefs? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. He's like, let's go somewhere more quiet. So, you know, my photog grabbed the camera. We go in this back room and setting up the camera. And I'm just like, Hey, um, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you hate the media. And he's like, I don't hate the media. I just, it's not about me. It's about the kids. And I just like football. I don't want the attention. And like, I don't know why that like simple answer just like wasn't yeah. enough until he said it to my face. And I was just like, this dude just loves football and wants to do football. And in college, like you have to shake hands and kiss babies. And he's just like, no, I want to wake up and like scheme my offense and then do it all again the next day yeah. and not have to do anything. And I always respected that. And I hate that it didn't work out in Arizona, especially with Kyler, because, um, he even said, like, in a clip that went viral, he was like, you know, if I was an NFL coach, I'd draft Kyler first overall. Um, so uh, you hate to see stuff like that sour, but I bet he just wants to do some soul reflecting and get out of just get out of the noise. 
just go nuts in Bangkok. Smoke what a, a little weed. Jesus. Fine. Humble, uh, humble and a dreamboat. What a guy. Listen, he's he, uh, for football reasons, he had a lot of good things he did in the NFL. But, man, the things you'll remember Khalif Kingsbury for are maybe some non-on-the-field type things. I will never forget the COVID draft. Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, like in his mansion. Uh, in wait, his, wait, no, no. Okay, yes, this is a part everyone should talk about. Okay, great. yes, where he's sitting up in this immaculate house. Did you pool. watch Hard Knocks? Did you watch in season Hard Knocks with uh, the Arizona Cardinals this year? No, I didn't watch it. Okay, I got like three episodes in and I had to stop watching because I got bored. <laughs> but the first episode, which is wild, he did this. He like walks people through his house, and. Okay, I am an astrology girl, so don't judge me. for. Actually, you can judge me for that. I don't care. Um, but the best part is they're walking through his house, and in the foyer here, there's a huge line portrait with, like, a crown on it. It's kind of cheesy. I'm not even going to lie to you. I uh, bet you it costs yeah. more than anything any of us own. <laughs> but it's kind of cheesy looking, and I'm like, huh, weird. I wonder if he's a Leo. And he goes, well, you know why I had this. I'm a Leo. You know what? I am convinced he didn't buy that because he's a Leo. He knows the women will love the fact that into astrology and that was 10 times cooler than any other guy any girls ever talked about because they don't want to talk about astrology and he will. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. One of my conspiracy theories. What I can just see him like going up the stairs being like, well, you know, I'm a Leo. Uh, <laughs> in case anyone's wondering, just winks at the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alpha male, leader. That yeah. all kind of makes sense. I'm just saying. Well, now well, he's just chilling in Thailand. Which I is guess sweet. I got to pose this question to you guys. If you could fuck off for however long you wanted to, where would Ooh. you go and who would you take? Ooh. Mike, you're not allowed to say Katie because that's too easy. <laughs> I, would never, I would never come back. <laughs> like, I would go, if I think about going off grid, deleting all my social media, and just disappearing. So often, like it, it has to be on therapy. Probably go to therapy. I'm like, what if I just like didn't show up to work and stop talking to my parents? What would happen? Who would I take with me? Ooh, like, are, do you? Am I supposed to take a celebrity with me, or am I just? Whoever. I mean, I don't know yeah. the girl, the woman he took, but like, she's. <laughs> I mean, if I have to choose, like, because they're hot, like, if he's going to choose a model, I would choose Chris Evans, like Captain America. America's yeah. ass. Why would I not choose America's ass? Right. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. The other half of that is probably my best friend, Natalie, because we get along so great. And she's like an introvert version of me. So I can basically bully ball her into doing anything I want. Like, I'm like, we're going to go do this and it's going to be crazy and it's going to be fun. And she'd be like, okay, like, yeah, we're doing that. Rest it. Right. Sounds great. So I don't I that's so God, once you have like kids and stuff though, it's so hard. Like what am yeah, I saying? Not taking my children. I got kids. Of course I'm taking my This is a hypothetical you of idiot. I'm taking you my wife and kids. You don't have to be realistic. This I got is a hypothetical. Ah, I like these people though. I like these people. I want I like I want to be you around take them. You with you then. I, but Chad told me I couldn't. Right. Okay. Told me so I couldn't. What celebrity would you take, Mister Fucking Down? Debbie I Debbie am taking. I think I might go a different route, but I think I might go like Bailey's route. I don't know that I'm real interested in like the smoking hot celebrity because uh, you're gonna take I, America's I, I, ass. I feel like I'm just not doing that anymore. I would take like I would take like Dwayne Johnson, and and I would just hang out with him, and we would just hang out, and I, he'd be cool, 
and he'd be a good guy to hang out with. He likes to drink. He's like, he likes to drink tequila and he's, he likes to drink bourbon and like that kind of stuff. Like we could just drink and like hang out in, I, and I promise I don't know where I'd go. Cause I don't like me personally. I don't like being off the grid. So like the idea of being in like Thailand on a beach somewhere, like uh, uh, I'd rather be in like a city somewhere. I'd like disappear within a city. I disappear within a city. Going to get a studio apartment in the middle of Manhattan. Me no and Wayne Johnson. We are going to have we are going to have bunk beds, and there's going to be so much room for activities. We're going to have to cook on a radiator, but I don't care. I'm hanging out with the Rock. All right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I would go to Bora Bora. Would be the first uh, place I would go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, celebrity wise, I think I would take uh, Anna Kendrick. Uh, because really? because I think she's I think she's a good time like she'd be a good time to hang out with and I think she's like she's not that like I've never been uh, like attracted to that like supermodel type like I'm right. right. but I also feel like and maybe this is just the role she plays in like uh, Pitch Perfect and stuff I find her like slightly annoying she okay, played that pup song one too many times and I might throw her into the ocean right am I wrong there like am I, like I like her Sure. But I think because maybe the role she's played, I'm like, but is she annoying? Because yeah. if you are annoying, I'm probably just going to like. Anna Kendrick right now is sitting here watching this podcast, wondering why she's taking strays. She's why is she taking strays? Uh, wait till we get to the Browns talk. Everyone's catching yeah. strays when we get there. I mean, God. I know. Is that a buddy I would take my best man, Cliff, from my wedding? Because I know he like, I know he's is open to anything. Like we would just get crazy. Like we, would, we went. Honorable mention for another one for me is I would take Howard Stern because I feel like we have really good life conversations, but also he could tell me like his favorite, like he's talked to so many people and he always gets like the deepest, darkest secrets that I would the best interviewer on. I want all the tea. Oh yes. Next to us, but otherwise. Yeah, but obviously. (laughs) You talk about annoying. You want to let (laughs) me, you want to listen to that? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me conversations. I know. And it, I truly believe he gets good stuff out of people because he's willing to go as far in those conversations, and then they're like receptive to that. I like, love, I love the progression of Howard Stern from the guy that was like the like the uh, private parts. You didn't want to, you couldn't talk about him, you couldn't listen to him. He was he was raunchy and he was inappropriate, and he's still raunchy and inappropriate. But like he just did it so well for so long that now even like. There's like little old ladies that like Howard Stern because he just he's like the most respected guy on the planet. I, I just, uh, he's a great interviewer. I do want to know. I will answer this question. Uh, this was going around. And so we talked about Chris Evans. Uh, you talked about uh, Anna Kendrick, Chad. Oh God. I saw this online and it was going around. Who was your very first ever celebrity crush that you can remember? Oh, oh no, I don't want to admit that. We are going to talk about sports and Alyssa beer Mal- and stuff. Alyssa Milano. This is great. Alyssa Milano. Uh, oh, Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I don't want to answer this one because it was really embarrassing. Oh, do it. Do it. Um, <laughs> Ryan Sheckler. Who the hell is that? <laughs> what? Who is that? Who, is that? Who the hell is Ryan, Ryan Sheckler? Please. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm probably dating myself here. There was a guy. I think you're sounding show. young. What? Yeah, I am. Like, I'm saying, like, this is. I'm dating crazy. myself to be way younger than you guys. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a millennial. Yeah, basically, Ryan you guys Sheckler. are old, and I'm sorry you don't know who Ryan Sheckler is, but he was on this <laughs> show called Life of Ryan. He's a skateboarder, like, was like just this big deal. But it's so funny because I look at him now and I'm like, oh, God. 
Yeah, wait, yes, yes. Well, you can't really see me. I've, ne- I've never seen this dude before in my life. I've never even... <laughs> I had, like, one of my friends in middle school made me, like, a full Ryan Sheckler collage <laughs> that, like, was on my desk. Yeah. Did you try to uh, skateboard? No. No. <laughs> Ever. Never. No, Ryan Sheckler. I'm a snowboard now. Like, I'm a big snowboard girl, but... I was never a skateboarder ever. It was like I can just sit there and watch Ryan Sheckler do it. Correct. Ryan Correct. Sheckler. Mine was, um, uh, and still to this day probably, uh, was Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was my very first ever. Girl next crush. door. Girl and next I think, door. and I think it's still okay. <laughs> Good talk. That's a great voice. That's a great little face frame that he's on. I know. I'm in a hotel, so we'll see how this goes. If my internet stinks, you guys just talk and we'll figure it out. Anyways, listen, we do have to get into the show a little bit. So, Bailey, you're drinking like a a large water. I am hydrated. It's Evian. (laughs) I can go on another spiel about water and how it tastes. Evian is superior to any other water. I will argue about it for days to come i'm not high maintenance in a lot of areas i am high maintenance about my water it's only stocked with evian sponsor me so are you are you only drinking your evian tonight i just want to double check I before am, we jump in i have this. to be on tv tonight it would be very bad. irresponsible of me to uh would it? i would probably lose my job yeah brown <laughs> brown brown's higher who the fuck is this guy uh, brown <laughs> uh, jim uh, jim <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. Slurs, 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 slurs. He's he's pretty he's pretty good. He won a Super Bowl. He's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, listen. There's nothing wrong with the garage water. There's nothing wrong with healthy hydration. So we'll take that, especially when you got to be on TV tonight. Although I do think it would make for some entertaining TV. I, Chad, I since we are doing our garage beers of the week right now, Chad, I'm going to throw it over to you. What, what's your beer of the week? I think I saw it before, and I think it's. A very basic one, but let's it's, you, yeah, you it's roll a basic with it. Beer, big time. Uh, you guys remember the Zoe Kravitz Super Bowl commercial, the Michelob Ultra Pure Gold? Oh Jesus! Yeah, where she's like, like open the beer. Like I don't know about you guys, but that ASMR stuff kind of creeps me out. But like <laughs> the Michelob Ultra Organic Pure Gold, and that's uh, that's what I'm doing. So the first thing I saw in my fridge, so I grabbed it. There are. I don't know, but I'll be flipping through TikTok because we're adult men on TikTok. Uh, and there'll be just like a video of, it'll be like a live thing where just like a woman will be just like in her kitchen and she'll be like. Yeah, it's gross to me. Like, like what the hell is this? Like, and it'll have like a hundred thousand views. But have you like, come across the women that are like, I can feel this energy from you and I'm going to shift it out of your body. And they start like. Oh God! And you're doing like, like these hand movements, and you're you kind of sit there are and you watch telling me like, to steal third. Like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's like, like is it working or is she just being weird? And she'll just start doing these things, and it's like, yeah. And I, I don't know. I love TikTok, but I also hate TikTok at the same yeah. time. I'm, I'm like, I'm putting out very, very good Cavaliers videos out there. Uh, just really good. Just <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting lucky to get a couple hundred people. Yeah, and then, and then I flip that, and she's like. And it's like three million people are watching this, and I'm like, you know what? I quit at everything. You like hear their saliva crackling in their oh. mouth. Is like, this the oh. Quiet Place? Have you guys seen the Quiet Place with like? I have. Yeah. Like, is, is that is that what so I'm thinking weird. of? Like the. No, I don't think it's right? like. Horror is that, that's what it is, right? Is that like the things so. of like? Well, no, I don't think it. No, I think we're on. That's like a horror movie. That is a different situation. Uh, anyways, Chad, you're going with the Milk Ultra. How about Ferenc KM in the comments? I don't know how to say that. It's very Scottish. Glenn, Glenn Morangi or something like that. 
Uh, that sounds like a scotch, if I had to guess, and he's drinking it neat, so shout out to that because that's delicious. Uh, I, again, here in Hamilton, Ohio, in this echo chamber of a hotel that I'm in, in the lobby is a brewery, and it's not bad. It's not a bad brewery. And so I grabbed a six-pack of their beers, and that's what I'm drinking. So this is Municipal Brew Works out of Hamilton, Ohio. And this is a Blondale because I drank way too much beer last night uh, because I'm on a work trip, and that's all we do. And so this is just a nice light Blondale with orange zest and agave. Look at that. That's durable. And, and it had a nice, for our buddy Super Surge, it had a nice girthy pop when I opened it. So it was perfect. Oh, God. Bailey doesn't know about the girthy pop. No, listen, you just got to roll with the punches. No, I'm trying to de- decide if I should tell you guys, like, I don't drink beer and I'm on the Garage Beers podcast constantly. No, you told us that last time. You I think you said cool. you're like a, you're some sort of mixed drink. Right? Gin and tonic. Ah. Vodka, like vodka, gin, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. If we catch you ever on a night where you're like got an off night or something, you bring bring on. We we have a lot of people that bring on. We have Tyvis Powell on all the time. He doesn't drink beer. He he'll bring on a, a tequila or I'll something like that. I'll just bring like, like a Grey Goose size bottle this big and just done. Go to town. Avion and Grey Goose, all that's in your fridge. I like it. Grey yeah, Goose and Hendrix is the go-to in my. Ooh, Hendrix is good. I do like Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, all right, so those are our garage beers of the week. Uh, we've got, again, oh, this is good to know. This is Kevo680 from the other. He's got a couple accounts, uh, maybe his Twitch account, so Ferens. we got people telling us what they're drinking in the comments. If you're not watching us live here tonight, and if you are, by the way, stay in the comments. Let's get these comments lively. If you want to ask questions or join in the conversation, make sure you do so. If you're listening to us later or watching us on demand, get into our socials and let us know if you're drinking any good beers, any good drinks lately, and we'll pull you in. But uh, those are our Garage Beers of the Week. So to you guys, cheers. To you that are watching, cheers. Uh, and now it's time for us to get into episode 149 I'm of the Garage Beers Podcast. I'm convinced this is beer-flavored water. It, yeah, oh, it's got to be. Uh, so, Bailey, listen, big news out of uh, Berea today is that the Browns settled on their um, – uh, on their defensive coordinator, and it's Jim Schwartz. And the way this all went down makes me feel very confident in saying Jim Schwartz was their guy. Like, this wasn't like a, oh, this guy, you know, they were going to talk to Gerard Mayo, and that got pulled out. And, the, you know, you don't know what um, uh, Brian Flores is going to do. He's getting head coaching uh, yeah. uh, interviews and all that. But it, the way they didn't kind of let the dust settle on all the rest of that stuff just very much makes you feel like, Jim Schwartz was the guy they wanted. He has the qualities they want. He has the experience they're looking for. And he was their number one choice. And they went out and they got him. And Jim Schwartz is your new uh, defensive coordinator here. Uh, Just kind of your thoughts when you saw the news break this morning. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's the first one they interviewed. And I don't think that's, you know, by mistake. They wasted no time figuring out the guys they wanted to talk to. I think he's vastly different from Joe Woods for a lot of reasons. And I think the one that sticks out to me the most, especially what we've seen play out over at least my last two years here is the fact that he's sitting there and he looks like someone who's not going to take any BS and is going to hold accountability within that room, which is going to be really, really important because we've seen how things have just unfolded, especially with the whole clowny situation. Um, I also think, you know, I was looking into this wide nine scheme, which is favorable matchups for D linemen. I think we're going to learn a lot more, so to speak, here in the next couple months of what and whatnot, when they look at the defensive tackles, what there's got to be other moves coming the way is what I'm saying. And it has to be, you have to believe Schwartz will have some type of input of the guys he needs to make this scheme work. 
Yeah, I, I saw something interesting uh, on the OBR. We, we were on our Slack channel before, and our, our buddy John uh, was talking to somebody that worked with Jim Schwartz and, and, and texted just kind of thoughts. And, and this was the quote. Uh, it said, I worked with Jim for two years. He's one of the smartest defensive coaches I've ever met. What Woods ran was born in the old Baltimore system, just like Schwartz's is. But I think Schwartz prioritizes things differently. Woods probably said a lot that he wants his DL getting vertical and disrupting things. But aside from the 49ers, nobody actually lets their line truly attack like Jim Schwartz does. The back end is simpler, but entirely based on streamlined communication. And then it goes on to say, if the Browns are looking to maximize the unique talents of Miles Garrett, there's no coach in the league better suited than Jim Schwartz. Which That's from somebody that worked with him for two years. And Miles Garrett is your superstar on the defensive side of the ball. Well, would you not want to do that? Well, I mean, they do give him all the most unfair opportunities. I mean, we very yes. much clear. I'm just waiting for you guys to bait me into the conversation because I'm well, ready. Here, to no, here we are. Here we are. That was your opportunity. That was your opportunity. Here we are. Like, all right. I am so tired of like miscommunication with these grown men in my professional. Like if I wanted to know about men being unable to communicate things, I would like go stay in my personal life and not my professional life. But here we are again, another Brown season where we have to discuss there's miscommunication and people are disgruntled and I'm going to go on a rant about it in the locker room, but then I'm going to walk back the statement a couple days later because all of a sudden I look like a clown literally a clown um i just i don't know at what point what i'm gonna sum this up when it comes to this defense and i'm not gonna pull punches here and if anyone watching this they're probably gonna be like what is this girl now that defense is soft (laughs) i don't think you're gonna get a lot of arguments out of anybody they are soft and quite frankly i want to know who the coaches are that are not standing for the bs that are holding accountability because let me put it this way as me little old me i look at people on that defense and i look at the coaches and i'm not afraid of any of them and why i think that's important is because i I played soccer in college for no one who knew and you have to be a tiny like you're never worried your coach is like gonna put hands on you right but you're always like would they fight me like you know like that edge that where you're just like are they a little bit crazy? Like, I, like one of my coaches was Jamaican, and he always told me, if I stop yelling at you, then we have a problem because I no longer see the, the, your use or your potential. So he would yell, like, I get you get the most out of me by yelling. Now, not everyone's like that. But you have to have coaches in this league that are preaching accountability and, like, okay, so Clowney's not going into play, but only on third downs. And, for, and what happens? Nothing. Right. Nothing. Cool. Right. You don't want to play. Cool. You won't play until I feel like you want to play. <laughs> what I, I want to know how frustrating you're, you're a reporter. You're you're in. You're around the players. You're around the guys. You're around the coaches. How frustrating is that as a, as a reporter when a guy like Jadavian Clowney comes out and makes the comments he made, and the, sh- the shit's on video. Like you can watch him make the comments, and then he comes out. Three days later, um, everything was taken out of context, and now it's the reporter that's trying to create a story, and that's not what I even said. And and it happens so much where I feel like the reporters get blamed for what guys say because it was out of context or it was a misunderstanding. That's got to be super frustrating. It is. I mean, as media, you kind of know what you sign up for, right? Like, you know you kind of have true. a bullseye on your, on your back, so to speak. My thing is, like, be real. And be you and like, I, but I'm also big on like, when it comes to athletes, 
I have a different perspective, obviously, because I'm a reporter. I've covered them. I also have some friends that are in the league. So it's one of those things. If I don't put these dudes on pedestals, you know, it's right. the same thing of everyone asking me, do you find it really hard to cover Deshaun Watson? No, because my job's not to give my opinion. My job is to report the facts. And I never put these guys on pedestals to begin with. I don't think they set the moon. It's actually quite opposite if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of it all. So I, I don't put them there to begin with. Um, and so these athletes, if you pay attention to their actions and not their words, you're going to be able to tell who is a genuine human being and who is not. And who is a man and who is a child. Yeah. Oh, God. You're preaching to the choir, Bailey, like with the first part, especially with the first part that you said, because I was banging that drum all season long. There's who is who is coaching these guys? You know, when you, when you look at it on TV, I mean, at least again, from a public perspective, but, you know, you, obviously I. I don't know what goes on inside that locker room, but when you look at these guys, they screw up. They, they, they blow a coverage. You don't see these guys talking to each other on the sidelines. You don't see anybody on the tablets. You don't see coaches going over there and coaching them. These guys are making these plays and going over and standing and waiting to get back out on the field and play. Like who is, who is, who is, who is, who is, who is who's sticking a boot up someone's, you know, right. Who's lighting the fire under their asses? And well, then as far as goes, like, you're going to walk back your comments, dude. You're only doing that because you try, want to try to get another contract Correct. with another team and you don't want to look at it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I was just, I was having the conversation with somebody today about Jeremy and Claudine. I don't get it. Dude, you are getting older. You don't have that many chances left. There is not going to be a team that comes out, especially after this year, that wants to sign you some kind of long-term deal. Well, he thinks so, he's gonna. Go, he thinks, and this is the issue with a lot of the guys in the league. At to some point, they think they're worth a lot more money than they really are. But like, it's I true. feel like if he would have just gone out and kind of played hard, because he does bring valuable uh, value. I think the biggest misconception about Jadavian Clowney's entire career is that he's going to be this big monster pass rush sack guy. He's not. He's a good pass rusher, but he's he sets the edge. He's one of the best run defending edge players in the league when he's playing right. I don't understand in his situation. You're across from Miles Garrett, and the numbers bear it out. We we shared chart after chart. Miles Garrett faces the toughest pass rush situation in the entire NFL, and he beats it more than anybody in the NFL. Which means you got opportunities over here. Why would you not just be signing up? You know what? Sign me to another one year deal. Sign sign me to another one year. Why wouldn't you want to be here just doing that? I do not understand. And why you'd come out and say something like that? Because no team, no team out there is going to sign Jadavian Clowney thinking he's going to be their premier pass rush edge. So so, so now do I have to be worried if I'm another team and I have a premier pass rush edge? Do I have to be worried about bringing in Jadavian Clowney because he's going to be worried that we like that guy more than him? Because you're selfish and emotional. Your priorities aren't straight. The child. I I think a lot of things come, and this also comes down to like the accountability and sticking your boot up someone's butt with this defense. It also gets to a standpoint where it's like, all right, well, I don't want to call it a diva mentality, but it's like, oh, I'm still going to get my paycheck. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's really where it comes down to of like, whatever. Well, you can't have guys like, and I love, and I love that he got called out. You know, Miles Garrett, I love, I, you know, people freaked out because that was, I think that was a Mike Tomlin quote. Uh, but yeah, we, it was. It was. We want volunteers, not, you know, Prisoners. not hostages or whatever. Yeah, or hostages or whatever. And, and you know what, too? Like, I, I'm i a big Miles Garrett fan. He mm-hmm. gets a lot of slack because of leadership. But people who have never played professional sports at a high level will never understand that you can't force someone to be someone they're not. 
if you are a lead by example leader, that is who you are and that is okay. You don't have to be the vocal person. The issue is I don't think anyone on the defense is really the vocal person. And it kind of goes into, you know, Kevin Stefanski gets some slack. It's like very split. Like, are you a Stefanski believer or are you against him? For me, my issue with Stefanski is I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's a good coach. Um, I think there's a lot of room for growth. But my main thing I have with him is if you have to be someone completely different in front of the media and someone completely different in the locker room, there's a disconnect because you're no longer being your full authentic self at every given moment in that locker room with every player you need to be, even if it's in front of us. And there's no consistency, which you totally saw. Like the fact this wasn't talked about more to me is baffling when the clowny stuff happened and Stefanski came out and we're like, we're going to keep it in family. We're going to keep it in house. I'm not going to talk about it. Chris Kiffin came in and was like, dynamite, 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 dynamite. (laughs) And I was like, Yes, like I don't know where this man came from, but go off. <laughs> we support. Thank you for giving us answers. <laughs> I like, get I it. That was not talked about more. Well, we had uh, a lot of guys we work with weren't real thrilled uh, with with the messaging, with uh, the the uneven messaging, right? If, if Kevin Stefanski is going to come out and say we're not talking about this, but then his coaches go, no, nah, I don't, I don't really mind that because I think. I, I think the one thing that's missing in that conversation is that Kevin Stefanski and his coaches could have said they could have had a conversation and Kevin could have said, listen, I'm not going to go out there and, and torch guys. But if you want to go out there and be honest, go out and be honest. He was ex- he was supposed to talk earlier that day and yeah. they moved him to after Stefanski. And that's the other thing is like I, we've we've constantly asked Stefanski like about his communication style. He has an open door policy. And I, I'm not saying that's not true. But where's the disconnect? Because if that's true, wouldn't other coaches be on board and be supporting you in all of this? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's there's got to be a point where you get a little bit get beyond the coach speak and have to be a little bit more transparent and let people in uh, behind the behind the curtain a little bit because like I said, I've always talked about from a public perspective, you're you're just a robot. That's all you are right now. No one thinks anything is going on. Uh, behind the scenes at all. So, I mean, and people are wondering, people, this is, the Browns are some of these people's lives. Well, people and, I'll say, like, and I'll say this, like playing devil's advocate here. Um, you know, I was in the Green Bay market and I really believe like Green Bay and Browns, like the beat coverage and the fans, like diehard mentality is so similar. Yeah. It's very different because one's past is pretty successful and the other not the greatest, uh, right? It depends on how far back you Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lightly here, okay? Bear oh, the Packers me. were so bad for so many years. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> but what I'm getting at with that as well is like, I can't even remember. What, 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 what rant was I going on here? I totally uh, Kansas State uh, didn't belong in, in, in at the time. No, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know. You're going on a rant about... <laughs> Uh, transparency and 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 coaching talk and devil's advocate about coach speak oh yes okay so there was here yeah here <laughs> Kansas State media and fans are ruthless and rightfully so it doesn't make the job any easier I will not say who but I was talking to a rookie in the locker room and he really said like the fans he goes and he kind of said what I said rightfully so but it, it was brutal like 
things I get, the messages, like, I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't affect you because it does. So I think that's half of Stefanski's mindset is give them nothing to work with. Yeah. And at this point, I'm going, okay, I understood that the first couple of years. At this point, you have nothing to lose. Like showing personality can only help you at this point. Right. Which is kind of hypocritical, right? Because they say personality is, they always say personality is welcome, but work is required. Yeah. Or whatever. Now, having said that, having said all of this, they've now, they've now gone out to bring in Jim Schwartz. And if you know anything about Jim Schwartz, if you've watched Jim Schwartz, uh, whether it was as a head coach of the Detroit Lions, as he tried to fight uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh after a game. Uh, or as we're, and I know it wasn't super successful record wise as the head coach of the Lions, but, or as a defensive coach where he's been really successful, uh, Jim Schwartz is not the type of guy that, uh, I don't think you really have to worry about who's going to be like getting on the dude's asses because Jim Schwartz is exactly that coach. He's about the smoke. He's about the smoke. And, but it makes you, to me, it makes me kind of feel good for Andrew Barry and for Kevin Stefanski to go out and bring in a guy like that, because it makes me feel like they're kind of acknowledging, like, we need that. Like, we, mm-hmm. I, Kevin Stefanski's maybe like, I'm not that guy, but we need a little bit of that. And, and Jim Schwartz is that guy. And it's definitely, like, if you look at all the storylines that have played out over the last year, it's definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Like, it was never an offensive issue. Like, everyone never. seems to be on the same page where that's concerned, but it's just on the defense. Um and, it, you know, it's, it is hard because I, I don't like to talk about these things lightly. One, because I'm not involved. In, like, I'm big on if you're not directly involved, you actually have no idea what's really going on. You can only perceive from the outside. Um, so you need to be really cognizant of that. But, like, Joe Wood seemed like a great guy. And this is someone's livelihood, right? But at the end of the day, like, winners win. And if you're not winning, at some, like, at some point, that's all that matters. It's a results-based business. That's it. That's it. That's that's it. Period. Uh, so, so Jim Schwartz going to come in. Uh, we talked a little bit about his style. Uh, we've talked a little bit. I, I think if you are, I think if you are a fan of defensive line play, what I love about the hire is you now have what many people perceive to be the best offensive line coach in football uh, in Bill Callahan, and now you've got a guy that is just known for building and developing a defensive line. He, uh, Jim Schwartz's belief is that games are won in the trenches on both sides. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to come in. Now, if you give him the exact same team as that went out there this year, Jim Schwartz isn't going to just magically fix the fact that they don't have defensive tackles that can play. Yeah. So, Bailey, uh, any other things like – is that like the next move you're looking for is, is yeah, how are they going to that defensive line? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, th- I think what's – going to be even more telling is the moves now like what happens with the line what happens specifically at tackle who like who are they going to go get what happens at safety even I'm very interested to see like with John Johnson's contract and I also I also like this totally me perceiving into things he was the one doing a lot of the talking um how much of him was actually the problem I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I have no idea. I'm just asking questions um, based off interactions I've had with multiple players. Like I always really enjoyed Anthony Walker. He was very like, tried to be very honest without revealing too much, which I thought was awesome. But John Johnson was just kind of like, yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm like, dang, okay. Um, but I think I, to answer your question, I just think 
the offseason moves on the D-line for that front. Um, and just what they do with the defense overall is in terms of personnel as in players is going to be very interesting and I feel like will be even more telling to a lot of the issues we saw this season. I feel like, did you ever see the movie Vegas Vacation? Yes. And they go tour the Hoover Dam, right? Yes. And Clark is being a moron inside the Hoover Dam, and he, like, bumps into the wall, and all of a sudden a leak springs, and right? And the gum. And he's got, yeah, and, and now he puts his finger in the leak, and another leak springs, and now he does the gum over here, and now it's blowing a bubble, and he tests it, and it, it, there's a leak. I have, I, if I'm Andrew Barry, I feel like that's how my tenure with the Browns has been. Because I feel like every offseason with Andrew Barry, there's been another thing. He had to fix the safeties. So we went out and got John Johnson. Then he had to fix the offensive line. Then he had to fix then he had to fix it. Now it's the defensive line. It's so like, I, I have a question for you. Um, and I actually really like Andrew Barry. I do think he tries to do everything the right way and tries to fix these problems. He where there's a problem, he tries to find a solution. But is Andrew Barry a little over his head? What do you mean by that? Do you think like, I mean, comes in as GM for the Browns, an organization that has struggled of late. I also feel like people don't calculate that this business is a people business. Okay. How do you operate owners who want something ahead? Is it just a new position? And is he still trying to like, like, let me put it this way. When you're plugging all these holes, there's a point where you're going, does it ever stop? Right. That's what I'm like, saying. What do I, do? Like, feel I like can that only do so much. Man, I don't know, because I, I see his direction. I think he's been misguided on things. Uh, I think his outlook on the de- interior defensive line has been very clear that he thinks you can get by with mid-level kind of players on that interior defensive line if you've got other things and I think you can but you got to put mid-level defensive line players out there that that, I think his problem this year was just an overestimation of Tommy Togiai right like an overestimation of what Taven Bryan can bring to the table an overestimation of what Perrion Winfrey can bring to the table Uh, I think he overestimated what he had Uh, but I, I also think he's I, I don't know. I, I like I'm, a, I'm an Andrew Barry. I, I think I, I think a lot of people I think a lot of people give him crap for missing on like fifth and sixth round picks. Lots of people miss on fifth and sixth round picks. Those guys are crap shoots to begin with. Uh, but I think he's hit on. I, I like, you know, obviously the, the corners he's drafted Emerson and, and Newsom and uh, those guys are good players. I like a lot of what he has done. The, the trade for Amari Cooper. Are you kidding me? With that move, well, do you, do you remember when that move happened? Everyone was like, "Oh, this is too much money!" Yada yada yada, oh. and then like the receiver market just explodes, and it's like, yeah. "This is genius!" Genius. <laughs> I think he's. I think he is in a lot of places two steps ahead of the game. I just think, I don't know whether it's bad luck or or just overestimation. I think there's definitely some overestimation, but I I feel like again, there's just things where he probably felt coming into this year, I feel pretty good about where we're at. And then another, there's another leak. There's another, there's just, there's just a lot. I think it's both. And I think it all boils down to the fact that it is hard. It is the hardest thing to do to change a team with an, uh, an abysmal, awful losing culture into a team that has a winning culture. And, and it's hard. To, you can't quantify it. You can't put numbers to it. You can't explain it. Other than the Browns have spent 20 plus years developing the worst losing culture 
maybe in the history of the NFL. And it's hard to break it. There's like a there's like a universe force on you that's like, oh, you better you got to do everything right to break this. I also think it's a little hard uh, to really determine whether a GM is in over his head, right? Because we talked Fair. about the leaks. Because we talked about the leaks, right? But I, I feel like any GM on any franchise, whether you win the Super Bowl or you're the worst team in the league, is always looking for those leaks. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's just their mindset that that they go in it, it, every off season. It's where are these leaks? Where can we get better? Where can you know? I feel like they're always thinking about that and looking for. Well, and I think there's the hard thing. I have no idea, but this is just me looking on the outside at decisions Barry has made. He really tries to make smart football decisions. And that sounds dumb and like cliche, but I can tell like when I look at Perry on Winfrey, you're cashing in on the pop as possible upside there that he can become an adult, get his life together and be a heck of a player because he can. But guess what? I heard horror stories from OU about this guy Mm. and you're cashing in on people who really aren't adults right right oh my god i, I laugh about that i laugh about that all the time no no i mean bias there bailey imagine me at 20. holy hell i'm a huge aj green fan i will say that well, there you go. Um, no i no that's i'm just that that's like an example i'm trying to think i mean even like I had another example just a second ago. I'm brain farting because we're getting into the twitching hour for me where I'm like tired. But I I just think he tries. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Right. Sure. He's a heck of a football decision. No one is going to be like, that's a dumb idea. Right. Correct. Just football decision. But to make that football decision, the amount of crap you're picking up. And now, right. like, things you're having to plan for that no other team even has to deal with. Right. But you're doing it because this is the smart football decision. Well, I respect the hell out of him for that. And, and it is. It is. You know, that's people always you're going to keep your job, whether you if you win, you keep your job. If you lose, you lose your job. That's the business. And and our buddy, Fred Greetham, that that is on the OBR with us all the time. And he tells us all the time, guys, if you only knew the stories that I could tell you about your favorite players and the guys that you think were great upstanding citizens in the community. If you only knew what I saw behind the scenes, it doesn't, it's not there. I, I, it's, it's so true. And it's, and and that's like, that was the other thing is when all the Deshaun Watts, everyone wanted to talk, Oh, everything that was going on. And I'm like, why are we looking to the NFL to be our moral compass? Any sports, any sport, let me tell you, you, I've been in some NBA areas too, NBA locker rooms. And that's uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we don't want to, we don't want to get into those stores. Anyway. So, so the Browns have their new defensive coordinator. Now the work begins because they have to adjust that defense. And like Bailey, like you said, there's going to be some really interesting calls to make, right? One of the areas the Browns can really free up a lot of cap space post June 1st would be a John Johnson cut. But we're going to find out. We're going to find out what the coaching staff really thinks of John Johnson. Was this guy really an issue? Because he was the most vocal leader on that defense, but he didn't ever seem to back it up out on the field. We're going to find out whether they think that was a him issue or a a different issue uh, on whether he's here next year or not, because they can free up a lot of cap space by by releasing him. So a lot of moves in the works coming up. I do want to I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, because we're done with the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. And I just want to like, I just want to talk it up a little bit because there were some, there was some stuff that happened 
this last weekend. There was some stuff that happened in the NFL playoffs, and I just want to—I just want to know what we learned. What did we learn round one? Like, for example, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars? The story of the playoffs. That game was just insane. I and I was watching lightly while also being out on the town. So I like started my night out at dinner with drinks with a girlfriend. And I was like, oh, this game's over. This is, you know, what he had three interceptions or whatever the first half. And I was like, yeah, game over with the bar hop to another bar. And I'm like, wait, we have a game. And he's just like going off. (laughs) I was like, how did this happen? You guys really didn't think the Chargers were going to, like, were going to blow it? I, I, guess. I, I, didn't, I don't know if I really cared to, like, it's even true. think about it, to be honest. I was like, Chargers, Jags, but, like, yeah, whatever. I'm not shocked the Chargers kind of imploded. Is anyone? The Chargers are the Cleveland Browns of the NFL playoffs. Yeah. That's what the Chargers are. They get to the playoffs almost every year, and they are just the worst in the playoffs. And did anybody, did anybody come off more unlikable than Joey Bosa in that game. That was the most temper tantrum toddler type bullshit that I've ever seen from a player out on the field. You know, it makes me laugh because I don't know, you know, women in sports, we get a bad rep. Sometimes we're the emotional ones. And I'm just kind of like. You pansy. I would love to know. I'd love to know what he said (laughs) to that. He must have said something crazy disrespectful to that referee because you never see football referees Ooh, did you like, see, like the chase locker, a dude down. The locker room interview after oh, my, yeah. he's, like, he's like, they're probably in there, yada, yada, yada. And like, you know what? I do hate, I'll play devil's advocate. Sometimes in these moments, it is their worst moment, right? Sure. And there happens to be a camera in front of you. That's right. And I think that's part of aging too, is just learning to control your emotions and not let it get the best of you. Um, so, you know, maybe a little unfair and give them space, but also like, I, I, I always use this too. like, all these guys get paid to do media. You get yeah. paid probably what, like some people get paid in a year to do this. Right. Job. Right. Right. So suck it up. Do a Nick Chubb if you have to, for all I care. Right. I'll never use you in a soundbite, but like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. At least you did it. You cut, you came and said, Hey, and then left. Yeah, I, oh, I think that's like why Jacoby Brissett was so likable this season. For sure. Because okay. he, if anyone was put in a weird, awkward, hard situation, it was him. Yes. He made the most of it. He never complained. People raved about him being a good teammate. And honestly, like with the media, he was really good, too. It's why he won the good guy award or whatever they call it. And he like, and he like never gets out of his PJs. Like how do you like guy, <laughs> like not like you a guy like, a guy like that. Nobody. He's just chilling. Yes. Uh, How about the game that made me look the most foolish? Because I was a believer in the Minnesota Vikings. I thought the team that had to endure all the close games that they found a way to win, that was going to harden them for the playoffs and they were going to be fine. Nope. Daniel Jones ran the ball a million and a half times and the Vikings never one time had an answer for it. And the Giants go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings uh, I, My I question like is, did Danny Dimes get the love he deserves for that game? I, think I don't so. know. I don't think he did. I don't. I like don't. I feel like no one really talked about him after. I was like, dude gets pooped on more than any QB in the league, probably. 
And it was the best performance of the weekend from a quarterback. It was the best performance of the week. It had to be arguably his best game. There was one stretch. There was one stretch of that game where he ran the ball like seven straight times. And it was all just designed runs to Danny Dimes. And every time he picked up at least like eight yards. Like, I'm happy for him. I know nothing about Danny Dimes, but I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. I went to Duke, so he's smart. I'm happy for Brian Dable. Uh, remember Brian Dable when he was here? That was the Pat Shermer years, wasn't it? Uh, probably. I think it was the Pat Shermer years. Uh, Brian Dable got a really bad rap here. People did not like Brian Dable when he was here as the offensive coordinator. He goes on to Buffalo, coaches his ass off, coaches up Josh Allen, gets his crack at a head coaching job. Those Giants weren't supposed to be anything this year. They played hard. They made the playoffs. Now they're in the second round of the playoffs. That's a great story. That's a great story. As a Cleveland fan, you got you to gotta respect Brian Dable. He, he took a lot of shit here. So where are we falling on this uh, Bills-Bengals game? Yes. So yes. Did you have a coin? Do you want to flip it? Like, <laughs> well, talk about talk about two teams that struggled, right? Well, the Bengals the Bengals needed every minute of that game to beat the Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills almost choked away a game to a to a a, a backup led Miami Dolphins team. Like neither my, team looked good. My coworker Mark Schwab is a big Bengals fan, and we have another Bills fan, and they're both coming in here like, all right, man. So like this game, and neither of them were like convinced their team was going to win. They were both like, we're buying up on the O-line. And the other was like, our offense is on. And it was just like, I was like, all right, take this somewhere else. No one cares. <laughs> you know what? Get out. Get I got to work. <laughs> we got to get I, Mark Schwab on. That's a guy we got to get on. He's a Rocky River guy. Myself, like he's myself. a Rocky That's River a, guy. He's a Rocky River guy like me. All right. We got to get him on. rowdy. He's a yeller. So he'll really get on here. and. Yeah. No, but that's, listen, I think of a great matchup. Uh, I am all in. And this probably doesn't bode well for them because I was in on the Vikings too, but I'm all in. I think the Buffalo bills are the team of destiny. I believe in that. I think every time we see something crazy happen in the world, that's like revolving around a city, somebody from that Houston, Houston wins the world series, Boston wins the world series after the Boston marathon bombing, Buffalo had to go through this crazy thing with Damar Hamlin. And I just feel like they're going to be team of destiny. The only reason I think bills. I, I, I go Bills on this one. Well, you guys forget. I mean, I know Joe Burrow's a magic man, but you got to remember the Bengals are going to be missing three starting yeah. offensive linemen now against that Bills defense. I mean, and I know they didn't do well against Miami, but that's a huge thing. Well, they're missing Von Miller too, but like, yeah, yeah. that's that's a Wait, still a really I good have Bills a good team. question for you guys since you guys are TikTok guys. Uh-oh, oh, God. We go. Yeah, totally. Are you on Joe Burrow TikTok? Uh, what? Uh, I don't think I am. And I love Joe Burrow, man. Like, I love Joe Burrow. There's. Yeah. So many Joe Burrow TikToks that women just like feast on him for his swagger. <laughs> Again, Dreamboat. Like, how could you not? Dreamboat like, for his for his bucket hat yes, and his yes, sweatpants. Yes. Like, oh my I mean, lord! They, like, it's it's wild. It's baffling. So I just didn't know if you guys were on Joe Burrow TikTok or not, since you're big TikTokers. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm on Joe Burrow TikTok. I should be. I'm more on like food TikTok because I'm a fat guy. It's all right. It's fair. The last thing I want to bring up. All right. Did you guys see Stetson Bennett? Like someone, someone posted. I read this right before I came on, and I was Whoa, like, where, where, what? "We just, you guys just hold on a minute. We, we had like just a couple more games to get to, and oh, you're jumping sorry. to Stetson Bennett." Oh, no, no, I just know I'm Bailey has to go soon, and I wanted to bring. I, I know Bailey has to go soon, so I wanted to bring this up. Sorry. All right, we'll talk. We'll finish the NFL playoffs talk after Bailey goes. But yes, let's have the Stetson Bennett talk. 
Did you see that he's, he he got an offer from like this was like someone retweet quote tweeted a tweet from him in 2018. He actually got offered and was going to go to Kent State <laughs> to play quarterback before he went back to Georgia. Did you see that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he got offered and was was headed to Kent State to play quarterback before going before Fields left and was going back to Georgia. But I I, I uh, wanted brought this up uh, because. His full name. Did you guys see his full name? Have you ever no. seen? Oh, this is going to be. Yeah. It just screams like old South, like aristocratic money to me. He's he's Stetson Fleming Bennett the fourth. Oh, God. Yeah. He's like, at your service. Like, he sounds Sounds like his mom's name. Yeah, he sounds like his mom's name would be, like, Muffy. Like, doesn't (laughs) that? (laughs) Like, like, doesn't that, like, oh, oh, Stetson, honey, come on down here, Grandpa. Come on down here, darling. Dinner is served. Oh, that's a rough. Did you not see what just happened with him? I I don't know who the guy is that, um, I, I didn't really look at it, but some guy was giving him grief about during the parade. He had two phones and was on the phones. Did yeah. you guys see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And um, this guy was ripping him like, you have fans out there. Pay attention to the fans. They're celebrating you after winning the Natty. And he like writes a Harry Potter novel. <laughs> and it's like clowning this guy. Like just straight clowning. He was like, I think the guy's name was like, had something stake in it. And so he was like, well, Mr. Medium Rare, since you fa- like failed to ask me, I was within our car and I was making sure we had good a good playlist. One was for the Ox, one was for the playlist. Like, since you didn't ask me. But to be fair, I don't like your work either. Like, just went on a Harry Potter novel and was just like throwing haymakers throughout it. And I was like, you know what? More likable. More likable. Uh, I also like that he won the national championship and then two days later was working at a Chick-fil-A, uh, sending out some chicken. That was... <laughs> Sir, sorry, official Bennett family business going on here at the parade. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Chick-fil-A, Stetson Fleming Bennett the Fourth at your service. All right, Bailey Burmester, you got. I need you to do British accents for an entire show. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do. Oh, that. sure, I'll have the classic chicken sandwich, but don't go skimpy on the Chick-fil-A sauce, darling. I don't know why we went from like old Southern gentlemen to just straight British. We've really just done a full like. We've been all over the place. I'm sorry. I just come in and cause chaos. We don't even talk sports half the time. It's what we we do, Bailey. It's what we do. It's what we do here. This is the Tuesday night is where things just go off the rails on the OBR. You want like the structured uh, in-depth Browns coverage? This is not it. Pick another night uh, because Tuesday night we go off the rails. Bailey, you got to go get ready for TV. Go follow Bailey Burmaster at Bayburm TV on Twitter, uh, where she will post all kinds of cool stuff, especially uh, as she's uh, sports anchoring for uh, Channel 19 News. Bailey, it's awesome to have you back on. We're so glad to see you again. Keep killing it on TV. Keep killing it in the Cleveland sports scene, and uh, we'll do this again soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And that's Bailey Burmaster. Again, go follow her online at Bay Burm TV. She's a blast, man. She is. That is a fun every single time uh, that we. Oh, I like this comment from Pache or Pacheaka, as I like to call him. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, that was, I miss those commercials, by the way. The Guinness yeah. commercials. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Those were great commercials. Uh, Shout out to Bailey. She's great. Uh, And she is, uh, we are lucky here in Cleveland. We've got quite a few um, of the female gender that are really good at covering sports. Uh, Really good. And and people give them an unfair rep and it's a tough job and whatever, but she's really good at it. So uh, shout out to Bailey for coming out and talking a little Browns with us. 
talking about celebrity crushes and all kinds of other weird things. We got to talk about America's ass. Uh, and that you just can't go wrong with. You where just else, can't go wrong with. Where else can you talk about America's ass here on the OBR other than Tuesday nights? Speaking of America's ass, let's go to our asshole of the week segment where we, Chad and I, are just going to call out somebody this last week that's just kind of been an asshole. Okay. Maybe maybe they were like a dick to people. Maybe they weren't cool. Maybe they did something stupid. Just whoever our asshole of the week. So I'll lead us off, Chad. I never. I feel like I never lead us off. So I'm going to lead us off. Uh, my asshole of the week comes from last night. Okay. Uh, and it comes from a football game that happened last night. But Brett Maurer, man, uh, you are an asshole. Not because you're a bad dude. Not because you were a jerk. You're a fine. You, by all accounts and purposes, you're a very fine human being. But fine human beings can win the asshole of the week when they miss four extra points in one game. <laughs> oh, oh boy Dude, it was the most entertaining thing i have seen is watching the manning cast of this dude i think it's i, I feel like i cannot say this last name maher 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 whatever uh watching the manning cast of peyton manning and eli manning reacting to this dude just shanking extra point after extra point <laughs> yeah dude you can't miss four extra points in a game that is in a playoff game. You're lucky you were just blowing out the listless Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But holy shit, four yeah. extra points. Imagine if that was a close game. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like Cody Parkey level double doink shit that happened in that game. That was. I think that's worse. Honestly, four, four straight extra four. points. Yeah. He I think that's one worse of five. Yeah. One and of I five. hate Cody Parkey. It, it, it kept my Bears from advancing. Dude, yeah. Uh, sorry, Brett. Uh, and again, it's, it, I don't think you as a person, I don't think Brett Maher is an asshole. Uh, I think he's probably a decent dude, hopefully. But holy hell. Yeah, uh, Fumble 13 said it. I think Peyton Manning had an aneurysm. When he missed his third extra point in a row, Peyton Manning got up and he was like, at what point are we just not going to go for it here? <laughs> I feel like Mark, Mike McCarthy gets to share in this asshole of the week for me. Because, it, yeah, with the three extra points in a row you miss – Maybe go for two next time. Even, maybe, Dak was yelling over, even Dak was yelling over to him. Go for two. Just go. Yeah. The guy, the guy doesn't have it this week and let him. And, and listen, credit to the Cowboys. They all came out. Even Dak Prescott uh, called him money. Maher and, and, and said like, I'm team money. Maher and I, I support him. And he just had a bad night. I love Dan Campbell was on the Manning, uh, the Manning cast. And he said, yeah, he's just, he, yeah, he's just got a case of the yips tonight. Like it happens, but man, Oh, I only I can just imagine if that was like a a typical NFL playoff game where every point matters and you're just shanking extra points. Uh, well, he deserves it. He deserves to be the asshole of the week this week. Go ahead, Chad. Who's your asshole of the week? Uh, simply put, Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could be a lot of weeks. No, I I I mean just something else came out today. I, I don't really feel like going into it. Like apparently he was sending explicit videos, dude, from his from his mom's phone. To, from his baby mama's phone to his to to his son and like i just i don't know i hate to kick a man when he's down because the dude clearly needs help yeah but but that's i mean that's still an asshole thing to do i don't know how you get him help i don't know how you because i i feel the same way man the video comes out of him like whipping his wiener out and like cranking it in a public pool and like you're like oh shit like yeah. you can't you, you don't laugh at it you know it's sad like what what is happening in that man's head is sad because it very much feels like it's leading to that place that so many we've seen so many football players go in the past 
uh, but he has got crazy issues, crazy yeah. issues. And ever since that perfect hit, man, he just has not been the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he can be the asshole of the week, but it's kind of a sad asshole of the week. Uh, I do want to address this. Our buddy, Sean in the comments, uh, and make sure you stay tuned, especially if Dan Wise is still in here, make sure you stay tuned for the, um, for the three cheers of the week, because you'll want to, but uh, Sean, wants to call out John Harbaugh in his interview. Uh, he thinks he's an asshole. I do want to talk about this for a minute because I have a different take on this. I didn't see this. So at halftime of the game, uh, the Ravens had a 10 to nine lead over the Bengals. Right. Yeah. And so I don't remember the name of the, 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 the woman that was interviewing him. Uh, so that's my fault, but she, um, she came over and she was asking him questions. And then she talked, she was talking about benching Brett Hundley. And she was like, you said, if we get to a certain point, I don't even remember the name of the backup backup for Baltimore. I don't remember who it is, but she was like, we might see him. What, what would it take for us to get to that point? And, and he looked annoyed and he was like, he was like, ah, we got to see the direction of the game. And then he kind of gave her a, like a stare down. Like what a stupid question. I got to tell you, maybe I'm an asshole, Sean. I agree with John Harbaugh in that sort of situation. Why, why are you, it was Melissa Stark. Thank you. Fumble 13. Um, why are you asking in a game where my team is already starting a backup quarterback who is already hurt, by the way, why are you asking a game where we are going up against the defending AFC champion, a division rival, and we're winning at halftime. We are winning this game 10 to nine at halftime. Why are you asking me to go out on record on national TV and tell you what I think is going to happen for me to bench my quarterback also in a playoff game, maybe a regular yeah. season game. Sure. But like in a playoff game, I got to tell you, I was annoyed. I, 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 the Ravens are my most, I will root for the Pittsburgh Steelers all day, every day over the Baltimore Ravens. I hate the Baltimore Ravens. I really like John Harbaugh. I really like John Harbaugh. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. And I agreed with him on that. I, I think it was an, an awful question, an awful question. All right. So anyways, but you know, if that's, if that's your asshole, let it be your asshole. Uh, if you got any other ones, uh, send them our way. Uh, but, uh, I do want to go back in Chad. Uh, I do want to go back in for a little bit to the, what we saw in the NFL playoffs. Sure. Uh, because we talked about it a little bit, uh, and we talked a little bit about that Buffalo Cincinnati game, but how about the games that those two teams had to play? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people, a lot of people were assuming the Cincinnati was going to run away. I said it on our show last week. You're not running away from Buffalo. Or I'm sorry. You're not running away from Baltimore. No, it's a team. You can't run away from It's impossible to run away from Baltimore. Right. They are going to keep you in the game. And literally, literally it took an inches play. It was a dumb play by Brett Hundley. Normally, if you're a quarterback, we saw Carson Wentz do it against the Browns. Uh, and you're on like the one half yard line, maybe just stand up and like, is this Tyler, the ball over? Is it Tyler Huntley? No, Tyler's the other one. I think Brett's the one that played. Tyler's the one that didn't. I don't. It, it, there's two of them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tyler. Huntley. Huntley. Yeah, Tyler Huntley. Is it Tyler? It is. It's no. not Brett. Nope. Brett oh, Huntley's the guy. Brett. I think it's Brett Hundley. Hundley. You're right. You're right. They were yeah. both on the Ravens for a minute. Sure. Uh, you're right. It's Tyler. I'm an idiot. Uh, they're on the full ass one yard line. They're not, they're not like knocking on the door. They're on the full ass one yard line. He tries to go up and over the Bengals strip him and return it 99 yards for a touchdown. Uh, that play changed the game. I, I think Baltimore wins that game. If they score a touchdown there, 
So talk about the game. First of all, that game, Cincinnati and Baltimore. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it was quite the defensive battle back and forth. I mean, it, it you know, I, I think Cincinnati was also missing Jesse Bates. I, I think. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, their star safety as well. So, yeah, I mean, this was, this is a, a divisional matchup, man. These are two teams that know each other very, very, very well meeting for the third time this season. So I, I don't know how anybody could have expected anything less than just a grinded out AFC North battle. Uh, you, you know, both teams uh, struggled a little bit. Both these, both defenses played really well, but at every, it was one of those games where every inch from the offense was just was earned was earned. And, you know, the Ravens played well enough to win the game. And, you know, in a play like that, Huntley, man, obviously, yeah, teams go over the top all the time. But when you stick the ball out like that, typically you want to tuck it right back in because all you have to do is cross the plane. You don't want to keep the ball sticking out, like sticking out of the goal, uh, sticking out like that over the plane because somebody is going to knock it out. So yeah, it was just a bad play by them, by him at the end of the game that could have won the game. But what, I mean, what a battle, dude, what the a Bengals game. needed it. Like yeah, that, what, that was that the Bengals aren't winning without that play. Right. Yeah. But just what a, uh, but honestly, just what a grinder this was. I mean, there were, there were other good games like Buffalo and Miami, another grinder. That was, that was, but that was more of, that was more of like a, that was more of a grinded out shootout type of game. This was, yes. this was a, this was a dig your, dig your knuckles in the dirt. And get in the mud with each other type of grinder, this Bengals Ravens game. So, yeah, but I enjoyed it. I mean, that's the kind of game I enjoy just a defensive battle where every yard is earned. That's just, that's just, that's the way I grew up with football. I love that type of football game. So that sets up this upcoming weekend that we didn't even talk about. San Francisco dominates Seattle, even though close game at first, another division game, uh, close game at first. And then uh, San Francisco just runs away with it. I mean, those, those athletes on that team are crazy. But real quick, though, real quick, though, how about Brock Purdy? I mean, he looked like mystery relevant in that first half. But man, oh, man, when he settled in, he looked like he looked like the starter for their future but in the second half of that football game. But you also have to acknowledge the fact that uh, they rank – San Francisco is head and shoulders above the second place team in the league uh, over the last half of the season on yard after catch touchdowns. Sure. Though he sure. gets the ball. Brock Purdy is only averaging like seven air yards per pass. And so he's just getting the ball into Christian McCaffrey's hands or, or uh, Debo Samuel's hands or Brandon Ayuk's hands or George Kittle's hands. And they are just it's brilliant play calling and that's Kyle Shanahan. So you got to assume that you're going to get brilliant play calling, but man, all they're doing is getting the ball into those guys' hands that, that touchdown by Debo Samuel. Nobody, he he just ran for like 71 yards and didn't get touched. Sure. And they just got him the ball quick. It's it, what they are able to do with the weapons that they have. And they're not what you got to love about what they're able to do. Chad is they're not being too smart for themselves. They're saying, hey, listen, we got Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant. And, and it'd be the same thing if they had Jimmy G out there. We don't, he's not going to go out there and just be this magical, he's not turning into Tom Brady. So sure. let's just get the ball out of his hands, get it into these guys' hands, and it's working. But even still, it could be very, very easy for somebody like a Brock Purdy for those moments to be too big for him. And they weren't. They weren't. I mean, even if... You know, that's the thing is even if he, and that's where he looked like mystery irrelevant in the first half, because he missed on a lot of throws, but he missed so bad that they couldn't even get intercepted. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, but the second half he settled down and, and, and was able to hit some throws, man. And man, we'll just, what a performance by the 49ers. 
Yeah. So let's talk about this weekend real quick. I want to hear your thoughts. First of all, it sets up these matchups. Dallas at San Francisco. You have, I think it's very easy, but it's also a little low hanging fruity to say, oh, Dallas sucks in the playoffs. They're just going to get beat. Uh, Dallas may be the most impressive performance outside of their kicker uh, in the playoffs when they take Tom Brady and his squad down easily, easily. Dallas dominated Tampa yesterday against San Francisco. Uh, that To me, it's an interesting matchup. It's one of those games, again, everybody's going to say, oh, San Francisco, San Francisco. But I don't know. Now we got betting. I don't know how to – I wouldn't know how to really bet this game. Yeah. Um, I think San Francisco still wins this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than some people think. I mean, hell. I was all over the Bucs uh, taking on the Cowboys, especially with the way the Bucs finished the season. But the fact, right? of the matter is, fact of the matter is, yeah, Tom Brady did get some healthy offensive linemen back, but those healthy offensive linemen didn't play all year. So, right. uh, yeah, and, and the Bucs struggled all year. They were they were up and down all year. They couldn't they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. So, yeah, I, I, I think we might have overlooked just how bad the bucks have been this year and just how good uh, the Cowboys potentially could have been. And, th- and they put together one hell of a, of a performance. So I, I still think the bucks are, I still think the 49ers win this game. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be in blowout fashion. Like some people might think I would bet on the 49ers, but I wouldn't bet on this game because I think Dallas looks really good and that gives you confidence. And, and, and I think Dallas is finally playing a style of football that's just better suited for them. There was this weird thing that went on in Dallas for years that you've got to, it's got to be Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And they've got to, and now finally they're just like, you know what? We're going to get the ball into Dak's hands and he's going to get the ball into CD lamb's hands and Michael Gallup's hands. And, and we're going to throw the ball around. And, and it just doesn't feel like they're trying to their offense. I, the best word that I can use to describe Dallas's offense recently is forced. They try to force things. Now it doesn't feel forced. It feels like they're just playing kind of a free offense. That's a scary team. That's a scary team. Tom Brady, 146-year-old Tom Brady, (laughs) threw the ball 66 times yesterday. (laughs) 60. That's crazy. Six times. That's crazy. Name that movie. Name that movie. Do you name it? Which one? 66 times. The head. Great no, outdoors. Great outdoors. Oh, yeah, great outdoors. That is a great movie. Uh, you got That's struck a great in the, movie. Got lightning struck in the head. Yep. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to move on. The uh, one of the other surprise teams, also from the NFC East, again the the, the New York Giants, and we talked about them a little bit with Bailey and their win over Minnesota. Now they've got a very tough task. They are staying in division and they're playing the number one seed in the NFC in Philadelphia, which is going to be a mob scene, the number one seed in the NFC. And it's going to happen in Philly. It's going to be a crazy, they hate the giants. They hate the giants and New York's got to go into Philly to try to get a win. Uh, I don't know, Chad, for me, this, it feels like uh, a pretty easy way to say the end of a giants run for me. I, I think Philly's going to run away with it. Listen, <laughs> this is another divisional matchup uh, in the playoffs. This is an NFC East battle. Okay. It, you know, the Eagles beat the hell out of the Giants in their first meeting, but the Giants learned their lessons and it was a lot closer of a game uh, back in the, the last week of the season, 22 to 16. I know, I know people were getting sat. I know they were resting starters. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, but. It was a closer game. So Eagles are coming off a bye. 
Uh, they might have some, a little bit of rust to shake off. This is a scrappy Giants team. A scrappy Giants team. You know, it, it, but this is an Eagles defense that leads the league in sacks with 70 total <laughs> through, the, through the, the entire season. So I just don't, I, I think Danny Dimes is going to be running for his life. Uh, I, I think he's going to be able to elude some pressure, but I, I, I think this game is going to be another close one. Uh, but I think the Eagles pull it out in the end. I think Philly runs away with it. I, I think Philly's way smarter than Minnesota. I don't know what the hell Minnesota was doing, but they just acted like every time Danny Dimes went to run the ball, they acted like they were surprised by it. Like they were, he ran the ball like eight times in a row. And each time they were surprised that he ran the ball. I don't think Billy's doing that. I think Billy's defense is way better than Minnesota's. I think, uh, I, I do think, uh, you put the ball in Danny Dimes' hands and make him throw it to win. It's not a good thing for the Giants because I also think that pass defense, those corners and those safeties for Philly are really good. Uh, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to watch the tape of what New York did to beat Minnesota. And they're going to say, he ain't doing that. We're going to contain Danny Dimes in the pocket. We're not going to let him get out on the run. Maybe that means Saquon might break a run here or there. But the name of the game for Philly is contain Danny Dimes. Don't let him get out on the run. I think they will do that. And I think Philly's offense will run away with it. I think it might be close in the first half. I think to me, it might, to me, I think this game feels a lot like San Francisco versus Seattle close at the half, a game where you think, wow, they're really sticking in this. But then in the second half, I think Philly will run away with it. Is Jordan Davis back? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because that, that, that could be a huge key because with Jordan, be. Davis, with Jordan Davis out, uh, Philly has given up a lot of rushing yards. So that could, that could mean a different story, but I still think Philly wins in the end. I'm still going Philly. How about the team that I feel like nobody's talking about? And maybe it's a good thing. If you're like, like Chad, you love this. As a Cleveland fan, you love it when people don't talk about our teams, right? I, I love how, it so How about so the team that, that I feel like just nobody has – like the conversation just – maybe it's because they had a bye. I don't know. The conversation just – I feel like even all season, nobody really talked about them. How about the number one seed in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Jacksonville Jaguars are heading into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Why? Why I feel? Why do I feel like we just haven't talked about the Chiefs? Uh, because I don't think they've. I don't know if they've been saving it for the playoffs or what. But, uh, but yes, they they went like I don't know what are the, what are they fourteen and three, thirteen and four? Like what do they go in the regular right. season? You know. Yeah, one of those. But I I feel like we haven't really talked about them because a lot of their wins haven't really been that impressive you know a lot of their wins have felt like they needed to make a play at the end of the game they haven't really like dominated teams throughout this entire season so i i, I feel like it's just i i feel like nobody's really talked about them because it's just kind of you know this is status quo yeah the chiefs are going to win games they're going to be in the playoffs at the end i i just i don't think anything really the only the only storyline you can really think of the chiefs throughout the entire season was yeah they they did great without tyreek hill and that's it no, and nobody's really like taught. Nobody's really surprised at this point that the Chiefs are the number one seed. That's a Chiefs. Well, won 13 maybe it's just because it's a boring thing. Maybe it's just like, oh, yeah, Chiefs are number yeah. one seed and we move on. However, let's talk about this game a little bit. You've got the the tremendous win by the Jack. That, that, that might be the best win in Jacksonville Jaguars franchise history. Maybe in, in their history. And they've made it to the AFC championship game before. Uh, but what they did against the Chargers in the playoffs, incredible. Uh, and, and what that does for Trevor Lawrence moving forward, uh, incredible. 
but now they're, they got to go to Arrowhead in the playoffs, in the second round of the playoffs. For me, I, I don't see, I, I, there's nothing that I see in this game that makes me think, oh, Jacksonville's got a chance. Like, I, I don't see that at all. Yeah, I don't know. See, there's something about a team that's playing their best football going into the playoffs. That's just that you, you always have to give them a chance. I mean, look at the Giants, you know, in the uh, I'm pretty sure the year that they beat the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl was the year that they went. They snuck into the playoffs at eight and eight and, 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 right. and won that Super Bowl. So, I mean, I there's something about a team that gets hot at just the right time. And I think that's Jacksonville right now. But I, I still think the Chiefs I'm not going to pick against the Chiefs in this game at no. Arrowhead in the divisional run. I'm not going to pick against them, but uh, I'm also not going to be surprised if Jacksonville might steal one, but, and, and that's what it'll be. If they win this game, they're going to steal one. Uh, but I think Jacksonville is going to make it a game. Uh, but I, I just, I, I don't know. It's Patrick Mahomes is reaching Tom Brady level for me. Well, that, and, uh, and, and right I was now. just going to say that Chad, I was just going to say, I think there's this element of we, we have been talking about all these other quarter Josh Allen and Joe. Oh yeah. God, Joe Burrow. And I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Right. I hate the fact that the Browns didn't have the number one pick the year that Joe Burrow came out. I right. love Joe Burrow. Uh, and, and we're talking about Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Herbert. And now Trevor Lawrence. Even We're talking about all these other quarterbacks. Make no mistake about it. Patrick Mahomes is better than all of them. Right. <laughs> He's better than all of them. He is right. the best quarterback in football. And I feel like because he has been now for a while, we want to talk about everybody else instead of him. But he right. is him. He is that guy. And, right. and, and I think he's just going to eat Jacksonville up. Right. And that's, and that's, and that's where I was getting to is, is he's reached a Tom Brady status in that you're never out of a game, no matter never. what, no matter what score, no matter what, how much time is left, you're never out of a game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. All right. So you take you and my, you and I will both take the, uh, the chiefs. And then we did talk about, we did talk about the bills and the bagels with Bailey. Although I don't think you really said you're predicting Bailey and I both had the bills and we kind of, we kind of skipped off of it, but uh, Chad, what about you? I'm, I'm just going to take the bills. And really all I have to say about this game is this feels like a game. This feels like a game. And I know so many NFL games come down to this, but this truly is the, uh, no antithesis. Is that the right word? Like uh, the, this is truly like, a, uh, I'll just go with it and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Uh, for sure. But this is the antithesis of a game that, no, no, that means opposite. Antithesis means Correct. opposite. Right? Opposite. Yeah. So this is the epitome. That's the word. I was this is epitome. the epitome. This is the epitome of a game that just screams to me that whoever has the ball last is going to win. Uh, I, I just think it's um, yeah, and I hope it's Buffalo and, and I'm just going to take Buffalo because I, I want them to win a Super Bowl so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the Chiefs are in trouble. I think the run game is so bad. Their offensive line is or not the Chiefs. The Bengals are in trouble. Uh, their offensive line is banged up. Their, Joe Mixon's been brutal. Yeah, uh, I, I just I don't know if they're going to have what it takes. Uh, and again, that's a weird thing to say, because if you're going to put the ar- the ball on the arm of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins, you're in good shape. You're in really good shape. I, just, I think Buffalo's got I think Buffalo's just got too much. And I like what Dan Wise said and, and Pat Shea, actually, Andrew Reed and Eric B are just tough to beat. And they are. Dan Wise says, just take if you're betting, take the over. And that's right. probably a fair thing, too. Uh, right. But I'll take Buffalo. So, uh, hey, listen, last thing I want to talk about before we get to our three cheers of the week. Uh, one other thing happened in the football world in our Ohio area uh, this week, and that is CJ Stroud finally made his announcement. 
and the Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback is entering the NFL draft. Uh, and so, Chad, what, what do you think that took so long? I think he was seriously making, uh, considering coming back. I mean, I think, I think it's, and I think it's going forward. I think it's going to be a tougher decision for college quarterbacks to leave uh, due to now that they can be paid with, with the NIL money, especially the premier quarterbacks. Like if you like, cause if you think about it between the NIL money, his legacy at Ohio state and uh, the amount of his teammates returning CJ had every reason in the world to come back and give it another go with this Buckeye football team. So, yeah, I, I think he seriously considered coming back. And I, I think that's why it took a while. And I also think that they were probably trying to raise enough money to entice him to come back. So I think he that's 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 the reason. That's the total reason that why I think he waited so long is he wanted to wait till the last minute because he was seriously considering coming back. Where do you have him in the draft? Where do you do you think he's could, is he the top quarterback that's taken? I mean, if he's not, he doesn't make it past Indianapolis. He doesn't make it past Indianapolis at four. There's no, there's not a chance in hell. He makes it past there. I'm excited to talk about all the shakeups and we'll do this. We're not going to do it right now, but I'm excited to talk about, you know, like Derek Carr gave his farewell to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see where there's going to be a lot of shakeups. I feel like this year in the NFL, and, and it'll be interesting to see where players go versus where, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's posting cryptic Instagram messages because he's pissed at Baltimore. Right. And I get it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of crazy shakeups in the NFL this year. I am, I am excited for that. So, right. uh, so listen, Chad, it's been a blast. Uh, we are just reaching 1030 here. Uh, and so now it's time for our last segment of the week. We always like to end the show on a high note, something to make you smile, something to give you good vibes. Uh, and that's our three cheers of the week. So Chad, I'll let you lead this one off. What's your cheer of the week this week? Um, I'm sure the week goes to Robin Leonard, uh, uh, Vegas Golden Knight goalie. Yes. Uh, way to go avoiding a lawsuit by filing for bankruptcy. Way to go, pal. <laughs> way to go. Man, tough go for him. Tough go. For those who don't know, Robin Leonard uh, spent <laughs> decided that it was a good business decision to spend $1.2 million on a shitload of exotic snakes. <laughs> and he, is, that, is it not it, uh, is and he leased out this exotic farm in wisconsin and was going to pay this guy to raise and sell his, his, his exotic snakes because there's so many people that just need an anaconda welcome in, to exotic wisconsin and, and need an anaconda in, in their in their pet collection uh but and he failed to make payments and, and they filed a lawsuit against him but just before that he filed for bankruptcy, uh, claiming fifty million dollars in debt. So, way to go, pal! Way to, way to, way to! Shout out! Cheers to you! Shout out, Robin Leonard! Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, listen, my shout out is uh, uh, to a friend. <laughs> Actually, here he is, right here. Everybody knows exotic snake futures are rising. Yeah, uh, and that comes from Dan Wiseau too, who is getting my cheer of the week this week. Uh, great story. My my story with Dan Wise is a great story. Dan Wise, when I worked for the Lake Erie Crushers, who Chad worked for, I hired him as our PA announcer. Right. Dan Wise was an intern uh, for the Crushers. And after his intern year, I, I don't know, I haven't talked to Dan Wise in 10 years or whatever it's been. So all of a sudden, I got to send my son to school in Avon to uh, uh, Holy Trinity School. And all of a sudden, 
there's, there's a very familiar face and I see him all the time. And I'm like, ah, I know this guy, but I like, I can't put my finger on it. And I can tell he's doing the same thing with me. So finally, finally, I'm like, I see a name. I think I saw his last name. I think I saw wise. And I was like, Dan wise. And we reconnect after like 10 years, our kids go to preschool together last year. And now they're in kindergarten together. And it turns out Dan wise moves into my neighborhood. So now we're like neighbors and we see each other all the time. And he's a great dude. And his wife, Lindsay is wonderful. And their little boy Lincoln is wonderful. And I just want to give a shout out to Dan wise because Dan wise welcomed his second baby into the world over the weekend. Uh, and you're going to have to correct me if it's Mia. I hope it's Mia. Uh, but Mia was born this weekend and Dan wise sent a picture and she is beautiful. And so I just want to send a shout out. Dan wise is here with us every week. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. He's a really great dude. He's got a really great family. And I'm so excited uh, to get to meet little Mia. I'm, I'm hoping Lincoln's loving being a big brother. And, and just my shout out goes out to Dan and his wife, Lindsay. Just, you know, top notch stuff. They're a great family. They're great parents. They got a great kid. And uh, so if you're in the comments, if you've seen Dan Wiseau too in the comments, give him a shout out. Uh, but uh, my, my hat goes off to you. My cheers goes out to you, Dan. Way to go, Dan. Way to go, Dan. <laughs> you did it. All right. Well, Lindsay, maybe my shout out should have went to Lindsay. But you congrats know what, Dan? On, congrats on the, uh, never mind. Lindsay's never going to see this and Dan is. And so shout out to Dan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for us. Episode number 149 of the garage beers podcast in the books. Uh, And it was a blast. Uh, We got to send out our thank yous. Our first thank you goes to the OBR. Uh, The OBR again has made a living, has made a killing on being the best damn place for you to get Cleveland Browns coverage out there. And yet They allow us to come on here every Tuesday and talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. And they let us be part of the part of the family. So Ah, anyway, shout out. Yeah, well, that's fine. They're probably better. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to the OBR for uh, for being our host, for being our family. We love the OBR. Make sure you're subscribed to the Twitch, the YouTube and to the website for all the best Uh, Cleveland Browns coverage. uh, We got a new show coming on Monday. You want to be you want to you want to be a part of that. Uh, the new show coming on Monday is going to be awesome, uh, and so check that out on the OBR. Uh, uh, our second shout out, our second thank you goes to Bailey Burmaster again. Bay Burm uh, TV uh, at uh, sorry at Bay Burm TV on Twitter. Uh, Bailey's great man. Uh, we talked about it. Uh, Pat Shayaka says it here in the comments. Cheers, guys, and Bailey. Uh, you can catch her on 19 action news here in Cleveland, where she is a sports anchor. You can catch her covering the Browns, the the guardians, the Cavs, everything going on in Cleveland sports. And we're lucky to have her here in Cleveland. Bailey's awesome. And we're lucky to have her as a friend of the podcast. So very, very big. Thank you goes out to Bailey. And our last thank you. Our biggest thank you goes out to you guys. Uh, whether you joined us here in the comments, uh, which you guys were great all night. Once again, you guys are just the best in the comments. Whether you just sat and watched and didn't get involved, that's okay too. Or or whether you're watching us later, whether you're watching us on demand or listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or our iHeartMedia or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you more than you will ever know. Uh, We are at episode 150 next week. And the fact that you guys do this with us every week, we just, we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, uh, that is as sincere as we can be. We cannot, cannot, cannot thank you guys enough. So, that's going to do it for us, for our buddy Joey. Uh, listen, send him messages on Twitter. Like blow, up, blow up his Twitter. Blow up his Fancy. Twitter. At Garage Beers Joe. At Garage Beers Joe. Just coming off of his bachelor party. Uh, two 
hungover to join us uh, here tonight, but that's okay because the dude's getting married next month, but just go, go make him feel it on Twitter uh, for Joey down in Nashville at garage beers, Joe for Chad over on the East side of Cleveland at garage beers, Chad. I am Michael Keefe at garage beers, Mike. We will see you next week for episode number 150. And until then, cheers, everybody. Thank you.